Hey, how are you? Carm Capriato here, and we are talking customers. Specifically, when is it right or wrong to fire a customer? Uh, thing because how many of our employees really do know? Okay, what are the what are the two or three reasons that we can fire a customer, or if they're even allowed to fire a customer? Welcome, automotive aftermarketers, to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hello, friends. Carm Capriato here, the aftermarket podcast guy, and glad to welcome you to the Academy, episode 126, and happy to speak to the performance and reliability of Jasper engines and transmissions. You know, remember, when you're faced with options for your customer's engine or transmission failure, rest assured that a remanufactured drivetrain product from Jasper engines and transmissions will give your customer's vehicle a new lease on life. Trust your drivetrain solutions to a 100% associate-owned company. Go to jasperengines.com for more of the story. Hey, remember why you are engaged with the Aftermarket's premier podcast? With all the noise in your life, the Aftermarket's premier podcast grounds you in industry insights and trends. You are almost guaranteed to learn just one thing. Learning, you know, supports your purpose and brings influence to the people you touch. Now, that's a heavy thought, but that is why you hang with me and your peers each week. Now, don't keep the podcast to yourself. Tell your friends about this incredible find for aftermarket professionals. Now, we must help improve the entire industry, and this is a great place that helps all ships rise. Now, join the conversation as we talk about firing customers. With me is Joe Hansen, Gordy's Garage, Roseville, Michigan, Jerry Kaziah, The Auto Shop, Plano, Texas, and Doug Callahan, Vix Service, Wainwright, Alberta, Canada. Okay, you may not have ever fired a customer or you may have just done it last week. It isn't a task you do often. However, the job of firing a customer comes with some caveats. Joe, Jerry, and Doug share with you why they would do it. And our discussion also covers a deep dive inside your business to see if you aren't the problem. Bottom line, it's rare to fire a customer. However, it happens and should be done for the right reasons. Today we're talking about firing a customer. Whew, when is it right? Uh, and uh, <clears throat> I recall having to do that a few times in my life. Uh, I think you agonize over that stuff, and we're here to talk about it. Boy, I, I, I want to kind of split this up a little bit. We want to talk about the reasons to let customers go, and then we also want to talk about maybe we have to think more internal than external when it comes to deciding on customers and maybe we should take a a deep dive inside of our own business before we make those decisions. But I want to say one thing up front. If you've never seen a video that Chick-fil-A created, it's called Every Life Has a Story. And I want to encourage you, and I'm going to actually put the link in the show page for this episode, Every Life Has a Story. It's really it's part of their HR program, but there isn't an HR company uh, there isn't an, a company that has an HR program or an HR department or even a small business that would want to play this short video for their team to realize that anyone you meet or greet or you see at your counter has something going on in their world. And I think sometimes people act or react because of their own own life situation. 
So with that said, and with that, actually, if you will, I teed up this thing for us. Joe, um, let's start with you, and, and let's just, we'll go around the room and we'll feel this whole thing out as to why we wouldn't want to have a customer doing business with us. It is a tough thing. Uh, you never really want to fire a customer because, you know, there's there's residual. You could have a customer that's not uh, a great customer, but you don't know who they know, who they might have been recommending to you. You know, because so there's there's after effects of, of firing a customer. But two reasons for me that I would definitely stop doing business with someone. Number one is if they don't pay me, so non-payment. That might be more like a fleet account or something like that. Um, is we can serve them and give them the best you know repairs and even best pricing in the world. But if they're not going to pay us. There's no relationship there. And the Joe, second, Joe, how long do you go? I mean, I, I I know I've got to peel back the onion here, but would you let someone <laughs> yeah. go sixty days, ninety days, or is it? Uh, oh my God, it's been nine months, and what am I crazy? Uh, I guess that's a judgment call. Uh, we fortunately don't have anybody past sixty days, to be honest. But that and that's not so bad. But if it got to ninety, and I think what's more important than the the time, although the time for non-payment is important, but it's the communication. If they stop communicating with you, because people run into stuff, you know, I mean, stuff happens, they lose employees, they, I mean, we've all been there. Um, but if they're communicating and saying, I'm going to pay you 500 a week or okay, I could see that. And if they're standing behind what they say, I'm good with that. But if it's a lack of communication, uh, then, then we're done. Um, and so you let that customer go and you tell them, hey, listen, we just can't do business anymore. I need to get paid. And then they decide not to. Um, then you got to, you got to go to court. You got to go. And, and that leads into the second item that I would not do business with somebody um, is if they're disrespectful, right? If they, if they, if they're yelling at the staff or they're, or they're just mean, or if they, <clears throat> I mean, it's disrespectful for them not to pay me. Right. So that that's, that's not right either. Cause they're not, you know, we've done work for them and they're not paying us. So, but the disrespect. So if they're, if they're, you know, chastising our, our, our crew or calling them out or even, even swearing or being vulgar to them, I just, I, I just don't have a tolerance for that at all because we're, you know, we're, we're doing a good job. We know we are. Um, so for someone to, to come down on somebody and, and, and just verbally abuse them, they got to go. You can't, you can't do that here because it affects everybody. It affects the whole shop. So can't have that. Joe, how often has it happened? Say in the last three years, uh, maybe one, maybe if the, I'd say in the last five years, for sure. One, it's always an option. Yeah. It's just, it's just not that often. Do your people come to you by saying, Joe, I'm really frustrated with this. We need to talk about that customer. They have. Yeah. And more times than not, it's not, not the customer. Okay. It's, want, it's something we, we have to handle. We want to hold that thought. That's great. Yeah. Jerry, how about you? Well, I will tell you, Carm, um, I, I certainly agree with Joe. Non-payment and disrespect are huge. Uh, but you know, when you have a customer that's actually costing you more money than you're able to charge him, uh, he's, he's, he or she, I have one actually that popped into my head just moments ago, uh, here in the state of Texas, we have the annual state inspection program and we were buying the stickers. We had to buy the window stickers and they were $16 and 25 cents, uh, that you have to pay the state. And the most we could charge was 25 50. So it doesn't, you know, the, the math is not there, right? And uh, you, you don't have you you get this is not a high profit item. You don't make money doing state inspections, but they are a safety issue. So we had a customer who was not happy with the way the sticker was positioned on the window. It was off like an eighth of an inch from being perfectly level, depending on how you looked at it. 
and and he was fit to be tied until we took the sticker off, which destroyed it, and we had to get a new sticker. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I mean, it's it's just you know, this is the same guy that it took us more time because they calculate they put a timer took him more time to sell a timing belt on his wife's Thunderbird than it took the other service advisor to sell a complete Jasper engine. So I said, you know, I think it's time you take your car somewhere else because I can't afford to work with you anymore. So that's that's a big deal, you know. So to take me to that discussion, Jerry, you you say that to the customer. Um, are you tensed up, prepared? Are you ready for anything he says, or you just let it go and walk him to the door? Well, am I tensed up? No, I'm. At this point, we're exasperated. You know, I mean, I'm spending an hour and ten minutes presenting a broken timing belt on a four-cylinder Ford. You know, at the time, I mean, the repair was. You know, $150, with the, I mean, it was no money. And uh, he couldn't understand how the timing belt would just break while his wife was driving. And my guy finally put the call on hold and said, I can't take him anymore. I'm done. If you want to try and sell the timing belt, great. I'll be happy to let you do it, but I'm done. I picked up the phone. I said, well, you know, his name was Robert. I said, Robert, here's what it's going to take to fix the car. Your choice is either we fix it or we don't fix it. He said, well, if you're on the phone, go ahead and fix it. Okay, great. And he came to pick up the car and I said, you know, I just, I, I can't work on your cars anymore. I'm sorry. I just, I just, I, I'm losing patience. My technicians, my services, nobody wants to work on your cars. You're just too high maintenance. And, you know, I want you to take your car somewhere else. And it was crazy because we had become friends. And, I mean, we had dinner at his house with his wife, you know, and he came, we would go out. Oh, wow. That was pretty deep. Hmm. Yeah. And it's like, I, I don't, I, I just, life is too short to have so much drama. And, you know, here we are. So there's, there's the other time, I, and again, to answer your, your question before you even ask it, how often does this happen? Uh, in the last five years, it's happened twice. And one time it was not even a client. It was a woman was dropping her car off for service and she became very angry and combative with the service advisor who was just trying to ask the, the questions to find out what is it that we're working on, right? Why, why are you bringing your car in? What is it? What's the complaint? And this woman got ridiculously combative and argumentative. And, and I just walked up to the counter and I, 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 took her keys from the service advisor. I, I slid them back over to, to this woman. I said, I think you need to take your car somewhere else. She says, no, you have to work on my car. I said, oh, no, no, no. I'm an independent shop owner. I don't have to do anything. You have to work on my car. No, ma'am. I'm thinking that if you were this much of a pain in my tail before we charge you a nickel, I can only imagine what you would be like after I charged you money, I'm not interested in even trying to find out whether that's accurate or not. So uh, you can, here's a phone book. You can take your choice of any auto repair shop. And I grabbed it and I ripped my, the page with my ad. I said, other than this one, we can't help you anymore. Have a nice day. And, and she was shocked. And her husband said, we need to go. Any regrets at all? Me? No, 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 no. Life is too short to deal with jerks 
I, you know, as I get as I get older in my years, right? <laughs> all these grays, <laughs> it's a common problem that we all seem to end up having, right? <laughs> well, I've earned mine, uh, you know. But as as we get older in our years. Life is too short to put up with all the drama. We're here to, we didn't buy it. We didn't build it. We didn't break it. We're just trying to help you. You know, I'm the guy that's, that can help you. Why would you give me a hard time? You should be my friend. Jerry, we'll come back to you in a minute. Doug, give us one of your reasons that you would let a customer go. Oh, we just had an interesting one with a gentleman who liked to do a lot of work on his own. He seemed to know everything about what he needed to do to fix a vehicle. But in our province, we do have out-of-province inspections, they call them. And from province to province, they vary. And we're in a military town, so we do see a lot of these transfers in and out. Well, this gentleman um, brought a vehicle in and the the sub-panel, the rocker panels were completely rusted out. They were gone. And there's no way this vehicle structurally going to get through this inspection. So um, he was a military police officer, I believe. And he asked us just to go ahead and pass it. It's not a big deal. He knew more about it than we did. And I'm like, there is no way we're signing off on this vehicle. So he was mad, like really mad. And um, we come to the point that maybe he should just probably go someplace else. So rather than firing him, what I thought we'd do is I got the legislator involved. I got Alberta Transport involved and and they set the guidelines that he, if he had it repaired and a tech and a certified auto body guy signed off on the repair, they would let him go. So this thing's going and dragging on for weeks. Car doesn't come back for a few weeks. Well, I think we're done with the guy. I think he might, why would he spend the money on a $1,500 car? Well, he found somebody that had a license that fixed it and I wouldn't have signed off on it. I'm not an auto body guy, but it didn't look like it was a justifiable repair. But at that stage, we had a letter from him. It was signed. And and when we were done, when we got his process work done, I had asked him not to come back because the amount of effort and stress it put my techs and my service advisors through and they're like, this is wrong. And I'm like, we're checking off the boxes. I know he's asked us. We're trying to make him do the right thing. But even at that, I I just I can't I can't put our staff through that. It's it's too much. And again, he's not gonna be he he doesn't really fit sort of what our business model is. So I had no real issues, you know, letting that one go. So Come to find out, he he sold the vehicle to one of my clients. I'm like, this thing won't go away. <laughs> he phones me. He's like, I bought this vehicle. You guys just did the other province. I'm like, you got to be joking. <laughs> so why so, didn't you come to me for a pre-inspection was your next answer, right? Well, because he just had my other province, which he has a whole inspection. <laughs> like, you saw that it had body damage. Luckily, he's just using it around his farm, but still. Karma, right? <laughs> wow, you got it. Uh, you just attract yeah. that. I mean, that's yeah. a great story. Jerry, what else is a reason you'd let someone go? Okay, so first of all, if, if they're, if, uh, in this case, if they're trying to do something that's illegal or something that's immoral, Either one of those, that's, that's a deal breaker for me. You know, we run, a, we run a good shop. One of the things, you know, we believe always do the right thing, 
right? Do the best you can, show people that you care. This is like the 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 culture of our business. And always do the right thing is is pretty paramount. Uh I've been a Rotarian for oh I don't I'm old, I don't remember how many years, but you know, if you if you're familiar with the the rotary four-way test, um you know, first is it the truth? Second is it fair to all concerned? You know, those that's just the top two. And this is pretty much how we run things here in the auto shop. Is it fair to all concern? Is it the truth? And if it's not, I don't, I'd rather look at this point. It's not about the money. It's about customer satisfaction, employee satisfaction, running a good shop, uh, taking care of our, our core customers and taking care of the employees. The rest of it is, is, you know, it's a, it's a non-issue. You know, there's a golden rule: the customer's always right, uh, and if the customer no. isn't always right, see uh, see rule number one. And what I'm hearing from you is uh, you're looking for mutual respect, right? Absolutely. So, first of all, I want to address your your statement: the customer is not always right. The customer is always the customer, but the customer is not always right. If you do something, okay, and for example, this out of province inspection. If something happens to this vehicle and it goes to court, what's the judge going to say? The judge or the magistrate or whatever it is oh. that you have, they're going to be like, You're who done. is, that's absolutely correct. Yeah. Who is the professional? You yeah. should have known better. That's but right. The customer, the customer didn't want it. And the judge is going to say, I don't give a damn what the customer wants. You are the professional. You put this person's life at risk. That person got hurt or that person died. How yeah. many how many technicians have been put in jail for manslaughter because they cut a corner for somebody? And yep. I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to tell you, there's nobody on this planet that I like well enough to go to jail for. I mean, that's it. That's the bottom line. If yep. it's if it's not legal, uh, you got to go. I'm out. Hundred yeah. percent. Doug, you have a a model customer, an avatar. And do you qualify the people before they even become a customer by using that th those conditions of your avatar? Yeah, I mean, even just bringing somebody new on board, getting you know the the questions you ask them, you know, even simple something simple as getting the VIN. You know, we we want to start off that this is how we set up. We're professional, and we want to get all the information, and we're gonna we're gonna find out all we can about you before we get you through the door. Um, if new clients can't even take the time to get us the VIN and stuff, they sometimes don't show up for their appointment. You have to chase them down. Like it's, it's funny that when you set it up that we're going to be professional and require these things from you as a client so we can do these jobs for you in this professional manner, we can start a relationship. The ones that always want to sort of skirt around that or avoid those discussions, we find tend not to, to last with us very long. Yeah, and it, it's not very many. I mean, most people. You're right. It's it's one or two, maybe a year that you can have an issue with. But the pre-qualification by setting up your appointments and then the discussions with your advisors, we've had people get that far, come in, get the digital inspection, and all of a sudden say, "Nope, not for me. Don't don't trust what you're doing. Don't don't like it. I don't want to see that inspection." Well. That inspection protects you and it protects us. So that's not really an option. We're going to, you know, we're, we're going to do the business the way, the way we do business. We, we really want to do business that way. So 
Yeah. It, it, those processes establish your good clients. So that's, we don't tend to have too many people dealing with us that don't appreciate that stuff. Yeah. Well, you can't have a customer, you can't have someone come in and tell you how to run your business. This is my well, business. This is your business, right? And you know, when those ones show up and say, I want you to do this and this, and I know what's wrong with it. And I have the parts, you know, you know, you're in trouble right there. Oh my so, God. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you just, Yeah. Hey, I'm with Brian Weeks from ATC Auto Center. Brian, why Jasper engines and transmissions? So I think Jasper, the reason why we uh, chose to deal primarily with Jasper is uh, the quality of the product and the people. I know that it is a uh, associate-owned company, but it's more about the people. They do what they do uh, in this industry that is tough, and they stay on top of the cutting-edge engineering, changing and maybe developing ways around uh, known problems and issues. So they're adding value. They're making things better. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, They're taking a situation that you may have a common failure with and going in, taking it apart, going through the engineering, the R&D department saying, okay, how can we make this better? And then from that standpoint, it comes to us that at the end of the day, the end user gets much more value for the dollar that they spend. Hey, Brian, thanks for your time. Carm, thank you. So, guys, uh, let's think to the majority of the automotive aftermarket and the owners that are listening and will listen to this in the future that believe in everything you guys are saying. This is, wow, this is right, and I've been there before. But I never really shared any of this with my people. These are my principles. These are my guidelines. How important is it that the, the team in the bays and the team on the counter have this guidance well, I believe it starts with the owner, the way he carries on the business and how he is established, how his business model is. And they watch you as the owner. So, you know, what are you doing? How are you running the business? And they know at that stage what the standard's going to be. And yep. that sets the tone for pushing down into the company. And uh, that's a huge responsibility as a, as a CEO is to set that tone and, and reward when you see your people doing that. Well, uh, can I go out on, on a limb as well? I mean, you've got to really, when you're setting the tone of your business, because this is my business, this is not a hobby. This is not, you know, this not, it's not my part-time side gig. This is, this is my living. This is my livelihood. I play this game 100%. And so that means I am the employer. I am the CEO of this company. I don't go drinking with anybody. I don't hang out. We, we're not sitting in the back smoking cigarettes. Not that, not that I smoke, but you know, I mean, I'm not hanging with my employees. There is a clear line of demarcation, a clear line of respect. I, get, I respect them. I'm not going back in the in the back of my shop. I'm not screaming at anybody. I'm not giving anybody grief about anything. You know, if we have an issue, uh, if we have an issue, we come into my office, we close the door, and we have a conversation like gentlemen, right? There's no you son of a gun. You know, no, 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 no. And I, uh, as you say, it's it starts from the top, and how you treat your employees will trickle over in how they treat everyone else including their clients and and it does start with us and you know it's it's just it has to be 
100%. You can't, ha- you cannot have it both ways. So Carm, you were saying that you were asking if we give those principles to, or the, the guidelines to our employees. And I think that that's an important uh, thing because how many of our employees really do know, okay, what are the, what are the two or three reasons that we can fire a customer or if they're even allowed to fire a customer, right? Should it be that they push that to the owner or the manager, whatever size shop it is to the person that's in charge of the shop, maybe that should be pushed to them. But, but for the, for the few reasons, if you really think about, you know, if we, should we fire a customer or not? The only reason we, if you sum it all up, the only reason we'd ever fire a customer is for something that we're not in control of because they're either acting for not non-payment, disrespectful, doing something illegal. We can't control that's, that's them. We can't control that. But I think the bigger picture is if we can look at the things that we can control so that we don't have to fire customers or we can create a, a organization of or a culture of our customers that don't that shouldn't be fired. I think that's the the bigger thing ahead. That's something that we can control. We can do something with that. Let's go there. Let's go there right now, but I want to stop and ask one final question. Are you the final authority on firing customers or have you given any uh, authority to your frontline people? I give, I've given authority to my top advisor. He can do it. He knows how. He knows the guidelines. Um, but it's kind of like pulling a trigger on a gun, man. That's last resort. It is just not okay. Not right. recommended. Those are your guidelines. How about you, Doug? I'll, I'll typically be involved in the discussion. If it's a long-time person that's been causing some issues, I'll probably be the one to handle that, see if confirm that it wasn't something that we've done and have a conversation with them. And then, you know, at the end of the day, maybe come to an agreement that we can't do business. Uh, new, new clients that the, the advisor is really good at, at if, if he feels that it's not going to work, it's just not going to work. They don't and that, even that's become okay. a customer. Nope. Got it. And that's okay. Got it. Yeah. yeah. I Jerry, trust him. Same with you, Jerry. Uh, do you, are you the final authority? No, 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 no. I have no heartburn. If my, one of my guys comes up and says, I had to make that car go away and the customer. Okay. Though they may brief me on it just because I may be curious or it's just okay and move on. Cause you know, at the end of the day, th- there's a lot of people that want our service. And as, as the technician shortage continues, uh, quality shops are becoming harder and harder to find. They're harder and harder to staff. And I've become, um, what is the term I want to use? I want to be more selective with who it is that we spend our time with. I think sometimes like we, we're all in business for ourselves and it is our business. And sometimes we get that, we pound the chest. I've got a business. We're going to do it my way. But I think it's just so important that we always have to ask ourselves that, you know, we know we're in business for ourselves, but we're here to serve the customers. I mean, the, for the industry's sake, we have to act professionally. And we can't just because a customer doesn't conform to the way we do it or conform to the way that we communicate or, or just if they're just odd, because some people are just awkward and odd, we still have to make sure we're serving that customer. I know we're in it for a profit. We have to make money. I get that. But again, we've already stated this only happens a couple times a year, maybe, or every few years, yeah. really. So right. for those few that kind of mess it up, I mean, it, it's unlikely that we're going to need to fire a customer. So we have to always go back to what we can control, which is us. So leading into this discussion about, you know, kind of, if you will, empathy uh, on, on, on the side of the customer, have you ever saved 
a customer that you about ready to fire because you made a change in how you were having a relationship with them. For sure. I mean, there's so many times like you recommended in the beginning of the podcast to every life has a story. Sometimes we just have to realize that people are going through stuff, right? And I know I've gone into places and I've been in a bad mood and that place probably didn't want me as a customer at times. And it wasn't, it wasn't their fault, but they didn't help me either. Right. Like I had maybe a bad day, a bad attitude that day and, and maybe they rubbed me wrong and I would probably wasn't a customer that they wanted. Um, but on the flip side, when we're looking at our business and we're looking at taking care of, of, of our customers, we, we just have to take a step back. If they're, if they're in a bad mood or they're argumentative or combative, we got to realize that number one, their car's broken. They don't like coming to see us. You just have to maybe take a step back and go, Hey, how's your day going? Just let's pause for a second. How's it going? What's going on? And you'd be amazed at what a difference that that will make in a person, not about their car, not about anything, but just these are people bringing these cars in. These aren't just, we're not just fixing cars, right? We're, these are people that, that have stuff going on. And if you just take a minute, ask them, hey, how's your day going? And just act concerned. Even if you're not, just act concerned and listen. And, and you, you'd be amazed at how many times that that person turns around just to be a great person, a great customer. I can recall times where people have left and called back to our advisors and be like, hey, man, thanks for taking the time with me. That was a great talk earlier. And they're not even talking about their car. you know. And so that's the difference between uh, a, a good a good shop, like what you're talking about, it's hard to find good shops these days. And it's hard to find good people with good people skills these days too, or people that will train themselves and read and learn. But, but, but the customer, if you just taking the time with them and, 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 and uh, act like you care, be empathetic, you can turn them around. No doubt about it. Yeah. That's happened to me more than once where they've been at the front counter, they're upset. And then you exactly right. You say, but you know, what's really going on? Like you, you seem just a little bit too high amped for what we're talking about. Like something must be going wrong. And sure enough, nine times out of 10, they had something happen at work. Something happened mm-hmm. here. It's at the end of their day there. I mean, we've all been there that five o'clock at the end of your day and that broken wheel comes towing onto your lot. You're like, no, come on. Like you're dealing with something at the end of the day that, and, and you're going to get it from sometimes be, and it has nothing to do with you. So recognizing that, acknowledging it. Yeah. Actually, sometimes I've even given out a hug cause damn it. They just look like they needed a hug. Right. Yeah. And, and that, that disarms them. Maybe then tomorrow they come in and you say, you know what, everything you were talking about, let's get it done. And they turn into a wonderful client. Yeah. But it happens a lot. It happens a lot. Right. Yeah. And it's, your staff, I've, I've watched my staff, if that happens, all of a sudden they get tense back and they got to take it to a different level and just settle it down. And it's tough. I mean, they've had a busy day too. So. I had a situation yesterday where it has nothing to do with the shop, but just to the point of having a good day or bad day. And I, I went through Tim Hortons and I, I go to the same one pretty much all the time. And I, I was having a behind the, I just wasn't a good day yesterday. I was, stuff was running behind and I'm ordering and the lady's talking back and the speaker's not working, right? It's just cracking. Crack, and it's been like this for, I don't even know how long. And by the time I had gotten to that window and she tried to repeat it and got the, I don't even know what she was saying, but I was just like, just give me coffee. I just need coffee. When I get to the window, I'm she gives me the, you know, the tells me how much. And I'm like, okay. And she gives me the coffee. I'm like, and you know, your speaker's still broken. Could you get that thing fixed? You know? And she's like, oh, I know. And this, and I go, well, if you know about it, why aren't you guys fixing it? And it was totally uncalled for. I was wrong. I shouldn't have done it, but I was just aggravated. But 
it wasn't about that speaker, right? It was just, I had all these other things stressing me out. And I got to that point where I was just like, I had enough and that speaker set it off. And I drove away and I'm like, oh, it was mean. I should go back and buy her a coffee or something. But yeah, so it's just the same point. I mean, customers come in with that same thing. They're not pissed off at us. They're not even maybe that mad about their car. We're just the end point that just triggered it and they let us have it. So yeah. And that's okay. Your staff just got to be able to handle it. That's all. Right. That's why you got to have yeah. good people on the counter. Yeah. Chocolate. Get her chocolate. chocolate. Not coffee. That's a good idea. Get her chocolate. Chocolate. <laughs> Come on now. Right. Uh, You're know. talking women. I mean, yeah. no offense, but women love chocolate. I love chocolate. Give me chocolate. I'm your buddy too. So chocolate's good. Mm. Um, so yeah, so the, to, to turn a customer, so that then we get into the, the the question of you know is it the customer that needs to be fired or, or is it is it us right because we're in control. This is the this is our area. This is our arena that we have to be in control of. So it, like we said, one or two times a year or every few years, a customer should be fired. Probably more likely, we should be fired more often than that, just because we're not taking the it's time. It's not necessarily firing you, but it's is it an attitude change? Is it totally. a, more empathy? You know, like you said, patience, listening, taking the time with the customer. Hundred percent. I mean, that gets into. I mean, you could. This could go on and on if you think about. This could get into working conditions at your facility. I mean, if you got people on the counter that are angry and uptight and tense and um, not approachable, and they don't smile, they don't, you know, they're just not able to to perform because of the environment. Then we're getting into how are we running our shops, right? Are we are we giving them a good environment? Are we are we organized? Do we have processes? Have we given them guidelines, right? I mean, if we haven't given our guys guidelines and then and then we're we're reprimanding them for something we didn't tell them we actually wanted. I mean, it just gets to be chaos, right? So then you can't even service the customer, right? Yeah, for sure. So then the other the other item, and it kind of leads into it, is that you know think about you know we build it. We talk all the time about building the right culture in our shop with our staff and our employees and all that. But I think we're maybe we don't have as much control of, but I think we do have a high level of influence on the the culture of our customers and our clients. Uh, for example, if we're always out there promoting a cheap, cheap oil change, or we have just a dirty facility, or or when they come in, our advisors are not dressed appropriately. They're they're just wearing what they want. They smell like smoke. They their hair's messed up. They didn't shave. If we have that type of environment, like people are coming in and they're attracted to that type of environment, those people are going to be trouble, right? The people that are attracted to chaos and in, in a non-professional type shop, you're going to get a non- maybe professional type response, right? So I think it's important that we 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 look at our our operations and our, our facility and are we are we charging the prices right? Are we training our staff? Are we giving them nice uniforms to wear? Are we looking professional? Are we offering the right warranty? Are we are we going above and beyond? Are we enrolling our guys in personal development programs are requiring them to read. Are we require, are we listening to their phone calls? Are they, are we doing weekly meetings with them? All of this has a huge, huge impact on what we attract into our business. So I think if we, if we really sit down and you, you know, you, you write these things down and you, and you develop a, a plan and a system for how you want your, our companies to be, pro, to be projected we're going to attract in the type of people that we want to service and more importantly, the type of people that will allow us to give them the type of service that they deserve. Right. So that's a huge, huge thing here. I like to always, and we're not, we've got a lot of work to do here. I know that, but we're always striving to be at that next level so that we're not fighting with customers and drawing in the right type. 
Well, and there's a there's a lot of starting to be some talk out in the industry now that you know we we have talked about the avatar client. Um, there's starting to be some rhetoric out there that maybe we should start looking at more being a yes environment. So by having your processes, by having your how your business operates, you can say yes more often, I think, and say yes all the time. And those processes will help qualify and make sure that, you know, if they've come in once and get to experience you and, and see how it works, then yeah, maybe you can build some relationships from there. So that that's something that I'm starting to to see and read and hear about. So, I mean, it, those processes are going to become so important, I believe anyways. Well, I think we, I mean, in our case, we have processes and how we do just about everything here. Right. And again, you know, how we run our company is different than the way, you know, you run your company or Joe <laughs> runs his company. Yeah. But, you know, I, 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 it goes back to, when you have a customer come in and telling you what he wants to, you know, it goes back to years ago, I had a guy with a Corvette come in, which should have been a problem, brought his compressor in and said, this is what I want put on my car. And I said, well, that's probably not going to take care of it. You know, I mean, we went through the whole process, but he was bound and determined to have us put on a compressor. He didn't, re- old car had the valves in the receiver. And I said, well, you know, you have to replace the accumulator or the descanter. Nope, just the compressor. He picketed us for eight weeks every day. Every day because it didn't fix the air conditioning problem. And he pushed a sign in front of my building every day for eight weeks. And I'm going to tell you, the people walking up and down the street didn't care about our side of the story. And it definitely hurt my business, right? And so in retrospect... I should have never let that guy come in. And it's another reason why we don't let anyone bring their parts in to our store. No, no, no. If you want to do that, go get the guys at AutoZone to put it on for you too because I don't want the car in my building, right? It was a very bad lesson. It was a very expensive lesson. And it's what happens when you allow other people to tell you how to run your store. Wow. Yeah. It's a great story. Was that before uh, internet reviews? Yes. Wow. The worst kind then. Oh my God! It was horrific. Google it was horrific. review of the day. Yeah, <laughs> it was horrific. This guy every day for eight weeks. Finally, I said, "Dude, take your here's your money, here's your cash. Get out of my life." I had to pay him everything that, and I told him. And the ticket it says, "This is not going to take care of your car." I know it. I'm signing. I agree. It's like shit. He had too much time on his hands. Oh my yeah. God! Well, he he worked nights, so he didn't care. Brutal. 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 Yeah, that totally leads into, you know, the policies, right? What are we allowing in? Hundred percent agreed. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you if people bring their own parts, and that's another thing, right? You go back to, and I hate to do this, but you go back to the legal system that we live with today. You have some guy brings his brake pads in, and you go to put them on, and and it's defective. You should have known better. You are the professional. He's right. not just because oh, yeah. his cousin made them out of cardboard. You know, you still put them on. Yeah, in the in the eyes of the court, we're the 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 standard that we're going to be held to is very, very, very high, and you're not going to win very many cases. That's right. Which in we case, should, be, by the case way. Case law, oh, absolutely, yeah, hundred percent. Case law in the United States is we lose one hundred percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. we lose one hundred percent. 
Hey, uh, Mark Kola made a uh, interesting uh, observation here. Uh, he texted me, uh, good old Mark from Seymour's and Carfest. And uh, I'm just trying to open my phone again. He says, love Joe's reflection on growing relationship building. I love to call it hearts and hands. And he said, wow, Doug's even on the show. Yeah, thanks, Mark. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> Great guy. Great guy. Hey, uh, my thought. I had a thought here while uh, you guys were doing such a fabulous job talking about uh, ourselves and internally and looking at pos- po- uh, policies. Do we hold on to bad customers too long? And the reason that I ask that question is it seems like there's so much fear going on in the industry about I can't raise my labor rates. I'm so afraid I'm going to lose customers. And do we hold on to a customer because I'm I'm afraid that that may spur even, you know, it, it, it may compound itself? I think people do. I think that the, autos, the auto industry is, it has such, we as owners and technicians live with a scarcity mindset, and unfortunately, um, I, I don't know how to I don't know how to address that. I've been working on it. I've been in this industry for over fifty years. I've seen a lot of changes, and at the at the same time, th- we still have the scarcity mindset. It costs more and more and more to get a new client. It's harder to get a new client than it's ever been. And you want to hang on to the, to all of them, right? Because you don't want anybody tampering with your business. And, you know, you've got to make sure that, you know, you have enough work for the tax. You got, you know, you're trying to keep everything, all the plates spinning at the same time in the air. And, you know, you, you want to keep everybody. And I don't know that we should because there are some customers that are just not good for your business. It's just not a good fit. Yeah, I mean, you, you're you right. There are, I think it's, you know, it stems from where we started. It's a lot of us start in the bays and we're helping and we're fixing. We're always fixing and we want to fix yeah. and we want to make it better. And and you, you work so hard to get that to where you want it that it's it goes against everything that you've worked on is, is fixing everything. And some, right. things, some things are not fixable at the end of the day. And the the crazy part of your head needs to just be told to shut up. It's okay. We've got a plan. We've got, we've got a pro we're moving in the right direction, but some stuff is untangible. You can't fix it immediately and you don't see the benefits from it right away. So you have to have faith. And for a lot of us, the faith is tough, especially if car count dips a little bit, you're like, what did we do? We've screwed something (laughs) up majorly. We're down to eight cars. You know what I mean? Like, Check the phones. Are the Relax. phones working? <laughs> yeah, like you've seen it. I'm gonna phone my phone. No, it does ring. Yeah, no. Just take a breath. <laughs> you're, you know, it's Bob Greenwood told me. You know, a lot of you're not gonna go from a 1.2 million dollar business to a to a 400 thousand dollar business unless you shut the doors for the for the year, right? Like you're. Just relax. It's and that we need to em- exemplify that in our business. You got to be the relaxed one and and try to keep that going. So, but yeah, we've held on. Then you hold on to bad people, and you learn over time that that's something you probably is. It's okay if they go away, and they sometimes self-select and they go away. You look at the reports, and they haven't been here in a year and a half, and then you actually look back in their history of what they did with you, and you realize they weren't dealing with you they were all they were in for an oil change once a year or or the tire changeover because you stored their tires for free and that's all they did with you and you're like well, well this is wrong 
So maybe they, it's okay that they're gone, right? Yeah, that's spot on. <laughs> I loved it. Well, this is wrong. It is just a perfect <laughs> response. Well, this is wrong. Very yeah. good, Doug. Hey, uh, guys, this is great. I loved it. Um, I, I loved where we ended up at the end. I think there's tons of learning through this entire uh, academy. We'll go around the room and let you give any final uh, words of wisdom to our uh, to our uh, group. Doug, we'll start with you. Well, I think the bottom line is, is that firing a customer is something that doesn't happen often. And it, it is tough on us when it happens. And um, we... We know we're right when it happens, but don't be afraid to do it if it's something about what we discussed. It's it's okay. Uh, I really think that Joe's points are absolutely right. Find out what's going on with people. If it seems their responses or how they're acting seems out of the norm, maybe they need to have a talk about something other than their car. Dig into that and form that relationship with the client. And, and, you know, maybe you're not talking about the car, you're talking about something else that happened in their life. And then just trust in your processes and, and uh, support your staff. That's the big, big thing. I think if, if your staff are telling you that something needs to be done, the client don't, don't force them to do something, support them on it. I love to hear a Canadian say processes processes. <laughs> I just love Does it. sound that different? <laughs> I just love it. We always say processes here. Oh, right. Yeah. We say we're processes. Pro- yeah. yeah. How's your, how's your processes? Yeah. And every time, every time a Canadian's on there, we, we always talk about processes. And yeah. I Process. Absolutely <laughs> love it. A. A. <laughs> Jerry, last word. Well, you know, the, the truth of it is when we have to fire a customer, it's just like firing an employee. It's never easy. You know, we don't sit here and, you know, I don't sit here and gloat and go, thank God we got rid of that guy. You know, it's, it's really a tough decision. And, you know, I think Doug said it. If you trust your processes, processes, my apologies, Process. but whatever, whatever it is that you're trusting, make sure that you're using it. Right. And, and just give everybody the benefit of the doubt. You know, we are, as, as Joe says, we're, we're here to do a service. We're here to take care of people. We are in the service business, but we're not in the abuse business. I'm not here to be abused by anyone, whether it's a customer, whether it's an employee, relative, it doesn't matter. We're here and let's just do the right thing, show people we care, be respectful of each other, and let's make, let's make this as pleasant of an experience as we can for everyone. Thanks, Jerry. Uh, before I get to Joe, uh, thank you to Jerry Kaziah, The Auto Shop, Plano, Texas. Doug Callahan, Vic Service, Wainwright, Alberta, Canada, the guy with the processes. Now, Joe Hansen, Gordy's Garage, Roseville, Michigan. I'll give you the last word, man. As these guys have already said, it is, it's, a, it's rare to have to fire a customer. It is serious um, when we do. It's not something we want to do, but I think it's important that we have very strict guidelines on, on what... Uh, when we would fire a customer. So those have to be established and who's allowed to do it. But that's a 1% type of effort, right? And I think we really need to f- uh, focus on on the 99%. Let's, let's really focus on our, our, uh, our shops as far as our people skills up front. And, and let's set ourselves up for, for success. And we can control that. And if we do that, we, it'll be very rare we'll even be talking about firing customers um, and, and 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 the, uh, the the shops are going to run and like 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 Jerry said it, it'll be a win win experience and be pleasant 
and we'll make money. Their car will get fixed so they can get to work and make money and everybody's going to win. Hey guys, thanks so much. Great, great, great dialogue. Uh, firing a customer, when is it right? Or when is it wrong? Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. 